add that. And I just want to bring it back to, to remind you um, to consider and to pray, how could a connect group fit into my life? Because I can guarantee, I can guarantee you will grow as a person in your friendships and in your understanding of who God is, I will guarantee you will grow in that space and you won't look back. So, um, yeah, as we head on into a new series, I really don't want you to forget that. I don't want you to forget that challenge that we laid out a few weeks ago about being in a connect group. And I look down here and I see so many of our young people who are actively involved in connect group and some of our adults. And uh, they're leading the way in that space. And I know as adults it's super hard sometimes. Life gets busier and busier. So that's even more reason why we need to take that time out. So today we're starting, as I said, a new topic. Um, when you look at a picture, we all see different things. And I want to show you a few pictures this morning. And I want you to think of the first few words that come to mind, or just let a word or two come to mind as soon as you see these pictures. won't spend too long on each picture. Some of you are going, I wish I could do that. I don't know if you can see that picture well, can you? Would you like a swim? That's actually a swimming pool. Now, if I had time to go back to each picture and ask the words that came to mind, I imagine there would be quite varied words that would come to the table. Because you see, as we say, a picture speaks a thousand words. A picture speaks a thousand words. So much can be drawn out of a picture. And depending on you and I, and depending on who we are, we see different things in a picture. And this new series that we're about to embark on here at Refresh until Easter is a really important journey that you and I, I hope, will enjoy going on together. For some of us, it might be, yeah, you know, I've heard a lot of this before. For others, it might be new. But you see, we're going to look at the picture of God. Because the picture of God, your picture of God, is really fundamental it's a real important foundation to your friendship with God. Because if we have a distorted picture of God, our relationship is not going to go so well. And when I spend time with kids and we start exploring the Bible, this is one of the first things I spend time with them on. I talk to them about their picture of God. Because to me, I think that is so important. And I often use this illustration. This is a picture of Jesus, God on earth. But when you look closely, it's a picture of many pictures, isn't it? There are hundreds of pictures in that picture. And I tell the kids that that is a perfect situation. That's a perfect um, presentation of what I'm trying to get across. 
is that there's so many different pictures that we have of God and when we put them all together, we get a full and complete picture of God of which we are ever exploring and discovering. But imagine there are a number of those that were skewed and wrong. The picture would not look right. And so as we go through this series, this I Am series, I really hope and pray that it, it blesses and enriches your picture of God. Because when life does have its bumps, when we come back to the right picture of God and we're resting in that space, we can move through those bumps. So I don't know if you're new here today. If this is your first time here or you haven't been into a church space before, you know, maybe in this time together, you might be just saying, I don't even know if God exists. That's cool. We're so glad you're here. Even some people may have spent a long time in a church or a Christian community and might still be asking that question. And for many of us, we probably have asked it along the way too. So if you're in that space, you're so welcome here. And I just uh, encourage you to, to just spend time as we just chat going, well, what is God like? What is, this, what is this message saying about what he's like as you explore? Maybe you are new to faith. Maybe you're just a baby when it comes to the whole God thing. And I just hope that you find new things to add to your picture. And for some of us, you know, as I said before, you know, we've spent a bit of time with God. We've spent a bit of time in this faith community but I pray again that today you have a little aha moment. Or maybe there's a part of your life that, you know, a part of God that you kind of, um, you just needed a refresher on to say, yeah, that's right, God. That's who you are. So as we journey on this I Am series, I just hope that you gather or get an answer to who is God and how are you relevant to me? So as Angeline shared up here, we talked a bit about bridge. Um, talked a bit about bridge. I want you to spend just a, a moment with the person beside you. Um, if you're feeling a bit nervous, that's fine. But have a think about bridge. And I know some of you don't like bread, but it's interesting where you find the bread type of thing. But if you could eat bread or um, you used to eat bread, What's one of your favourite breads that you like or how do you like your bread? So just break up the silence for a minute. Just turn around, tell the person beside them that beside you, you look awesome today, first of all. Tell them you look awesome. And then ask, what's your favourite bread or your bread topping? How do you like your bread? Okay, so there's a bit of chatter which suggests there are people in the room that like bread or you have some favourite toppings for bread. As was mentioned before, it's a staple in so many cultures around the world. 
And in many senses, if you just use the term bread alone, it's almost a, a way of saying nourishment for life. It's almost a way of saying food, your bread. You know that term, you know, have you had your bread lately? It's almost just as a big picture word for food. And so today, as we've mentioned a few times, our, our words that we're going to use and Clayton introduced them to you this morning, we find in, in a part of the Bible we call the Gospels. The Gospel means the good news about Jesus Christ. And there are four stories, four guys who share their story, their accounts of Jesus. And uh, it's great to read all four of them because they look at it from all four different angles, like an accident in the middle of an intersection all four angles will see that differently. And that's the same with these four stories. And what is super cool is some of this context of our, um, what we're going to look at today is actually found in all four of those stories. But we're going to look from the story of a guy named John. He was one of 12 followers of Jesus and he um, shares his story and we're going to look at that. And so it says these words in amongst the passage. It says, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. As we read that and you look at it at surface level, it makes very little sense. I am the bread of life. How does that unfold? And so that's what we're going to unpack in context a little bit today. And as I said to some of you guys, it's, it's super familiar. For others, it might be a brand new story or something you haven't heard for a long time. But you know what I believe? And um, I share with you often this thought. You're here today for a reason. Don't squander that reason. God wants to say something to you today. He knows your heart. He knows where you're at. You've carved aside this space just to sit and to rest and to be. So no matter what age, if you're 15 or 12, my brother and his wife and my nephew are in here this morning and my mum and dad, so welcome to my family. Um, so my nephew's there, he's 12, as of yesterday. I don't think he's in here, but yeah, so. Um, so no matter what age you are, if you listen in, if you just go, you know what, you put aside your phones, put aside the other things that are busy in your mind, just say, okay, God, what do you have for me today? He will say something to you. But you have to have your ears open. So make the most of it. So we backtrack in this story and we find Jesus on a hillside and he's been spending all day with some people and as he's spending time with those people sharing and telling stories and speaking like nobody else could speak, the day passes by, the sun goes past midday and the afternoon starts to set in deep and these guys are being just enthralled. But the 12 followers of Jesus realize that, hey, actually, everyone skipped lunch. And it's hot out here. And these guys have been here all day. And how compassionate of these 12 guys, they suddenly say to Jesus, in a moment of pause, hey, Jesus, these guys must be hungry. And there's an interchange between the 12 followers and Jesus. And there's a discussion of giving them food. 
But it's not just us here. It's approximately 5,000 men plus women and children. So it's quite a large number of people. So we're just recapping on this story really quickly. If you want to read it in detail, if you've got um, a phone, you can look up on your, on your phone on John 6. Or if you have a Bible, John 6, or you go home, read the story. But we're not going to go through it all in detail. But we find out that Jesus actually that very afternoon does one of the most amazing miracles that we find in all four of those storytellers of the Gospels. He takes, on this very afternoon, he takes just five bits of bread and two fish and he feeds all of those people. I would have loved to have been there. We've talked about this story last year. We talked about the five and two. If that, if that shakes back a memory for anybody, we talked about how we have everything we need in our hands if we give it to God. But these guys are fed, but not only fed, the most amazing thing about this story is that there were 12 basketfuls left over at the end, tucked away, put in Ziploc bags and into the freezer. There was... To me, that says they were full and could not eat any more. So we take up the story that we're going to look at a little bit more detail today. As the people went home that night, they must have been thinking, yeah, they were great stories today, but that thing that just happened, wow, who is this man? Who is this guy? And so we come to this where in the story it says, the next day, the very next day, they, these people, a number of these people, they got into some boats and they went looking for Jesus because he'd actually moved from that place. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, which means teacher, how did you get here? But really, that's not what they came for. They weren't just curious. So how did you get from A to B? Why had they come? Last week was Mark's birthday. Happy birthday, honey. Actually, no, it was this week. I said, <laughs> I said last week because we celebrated it last week because I was away on his birthday this week. So last Friday night, we celebrated Mark's birthday. And um, as some of you will know, I hate cooking. It's not my gift at all. I missed out on the cooking gift. But um, we decided we we're going to cook a really nice meal. And we bought some bubbly. And Mark's a celiac, so he's gluten-free. I told you I hate cooking. So I was going to make an ice cream cake. So you get this just nice Buller ice cream. It's fantastic. Except now Woolies aren't selling it in two liters. So it's now four liters, which is terrible. But anyway... Take a two-liter tub, tip it upside down, slit up the four ends, open it up, sit it on a plate, put a heap of ice, magic, chocolate, strawberries, whatever. It's amazing. There's a cake. See, I can cook. Anyway, so we had this beautiful frittata and veggies and roast potatoes and bubbly and ice cream. By the end of the night, I put Jared to bed and he said, Mom, I ate too much. And he said, I feel really uncomfortable. <laughs> and anyway, the next morning was Saturday. And anyone who knows my son, Jared, he's not here. So confession, Jared, I'm talking about you while you're not here. 
But he always eats, he loves his food, and he comes to breakfast and he will eat more food from your wonderful breakfast team. But that day I said, oh, what did you have for breakfast? He said, nothing, Mum, I couldn't eat a thing. But I can tell you by dinner that night, Jared ate food again. Because we know as full, now you think about that feeling, because I swear you've all done it this time, Christmas or whenever, you just go, I ate way too much. You feel revolting, but you're full. You're satisfied. You're oversatisfied. Give it time and you'll be back, won't you? And we'll want food again. You see, when it comes to this and you think about it, well, the hunger that we have in our life, when we think about the different aspects of our lives, we are like this day in, day out, not just from physical food, but all the other things. Because... We are wired for fulfillment. We're wired for some kind of satisfaction or validation or completion. And because we seem we're wired like that, and there's no chance that we're wired like that, it was, it's in our DNA, we go looking for it. And we look for it in many places. We look for it. Oh, there's that cake, but that's not the one I made. We look for that validation in people. We look for that validation in things, in what we have, in money, in cars, in clothes, and all of that. We look for that validation in power, like what kind of influence, what kind of do I have over someone? We look for that completion sometimes in a title, like, do I have this position now? We look for it in our prowess, like, how good am I at something? Like, I am so good. And that makes us feel complete. And we look for it in our appearance. Do you like all my peas? It's worked out. I know some people hate that, but I was just writing it down, and I was like, hang on, this just all comes together, except, except for appearance. Um, but it's true, isn't it? It's true. Our hunger, our personal hunger, our hunger for our soul, just like our physical hunger, doesn't go away. And we look and we look and we look. And we, we can get distracted on these things so easily. And this is what this whole story is about. Because there's no, um, it's not rocket science. When we look at telly, we look at the billboards and we look around us. But this is what's pumped into us all the time. How many ads can you think of that says you deserve this? Because you'll feel great if you have it. But Jesus, the thing that you'll find out about God is that he has a different way. And he wants to remind us, we are all hungry. He knows that. He knows that we're looking for satisfaction. He knows that you're looking for validation. And he knows that you're looking for completion. But he's, he wants to direct you and I to where we'll really find that. And the story goes on and he says, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. 
Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. So he's, he doesn't actually answer the question. If you remember the question they asked, they said, how did you get from here to here? And he goes straight in because, you know, Jesus knows our hearts. He knows where we're at. He knows what we're thinking. So you don't have to play games with God. You know, you can just be brutally honest. He'll actually, he'll actually just relish that. So don't, don't hide from God. It's not going to change the way he thinks about you, which is awesome. But here we have an interesting statement that says, hey, guys, you were looking just to get full again. Like, hey, he gave us food yesterday. If we find him again, maybe we'll get that best bit of bread again. You know, when I was a a kid, we grew up in country Queensland in Monto, and um, my mom, she was a healthy lady. She taught us healthy things. We had no junk food in the house. Like, after school, you know, students, when you get home, maybe not now, but when I was a kid, the first thing you did was go to the food. Is that correct? Some people still do. So for us, you know, instead of going and finding shapes or chips, for us we're like scoops of peanut butter, dried apricots, carob powder. Like, you know, I'm talking serious stuff in our house. Anyway, once a year we had the country show. And at the country show there was this stuff. I don't know if you can see it from there, but do you know what it is? Fairy floss. You know, it, it was... The thing I would look, you know, and there's these bright pink and the bright blue fairy floss. And like, ooh, this stuff looks amazing. I want some of that. Like peanut butter fairy floss, dried apricots fairy floss, carob powder fairy floss. You know, what would you choose? Like fairy floss. Like I really want some fairy floss. It looks amazing. And it is so sweet, so attractive, and so appealing. And so, every now and again, I don't know how I got it, I, we got some fairy floss every now and again. Yet, no matter how much, you know, with fairy floss, confessions, just you can put your pink out. Who's eaten fairy floss before? Who's eaten it and then gone, <laughs> like... Oh, that was just way disgustingly, sickly sweet. And at the end, you go, just give me, after water, give me some serious food. Give me something that will actually make me feel better. I want real food. You know, these guys, they came and they had the fairy floss bread. And Jesus is saying, I want to give you the real deal. I want to give you something that's not just going to satisfy this moment in time. I want to give you something that's going to satisfy you forever. I want to give you something that endures to eternal life, not just the temporary, not just for the moment, not just for now. And these guys were like, huh? What? And so Jesus has to keep on going. Where's that there? And he says, then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, is to believe in the one he has sent. And it's a bit double dutch. 
But this is really important. If you're a Christian or exploring being a Christian or being a Christian for a long time, this and understanding of this is so important, so very important to your picture of God. I don't know about you, but in life, there's a philosophy. Achieve and you'll receive. So all of you guys still at school, I know in a few weeks it's interim report, so you're looking forward to that. Can't wait. Look, I just saw Jamie's face. It was like, <laughs> like, can't wait, right? No. Because achieve is receive. So all the hard work you guys have done in the last seven weeks is going to sit on a piece of paper, give an indication to your parents and yourself how you're going. You will receive a tick or a cross or a smiley or a sad or whatever it is. For those of you guys at uni or at work, achieve and you'll receive. It doesn't work like this, those of you at work. Well, here's your paycheck. I will pay you at the start of the month and then you do your work. Uh-uh. It's do your work and then we'll pay you, right? You achieve, then you'll receive. And students, wouldn't it be so cool? As soon as you walked in first day of school or uni, it was like A+. Plus. There you go. Now just go along and do some work. It doesn't work like that, does it? It's achieve, then receive. That's the motto of life. That's, again, the way the world is, but not with God. We just said something similar before, not with God, because God sees things differently. And so that's why Jesus came. He had to tell us. He had to repeat to us. He had to say it over and over again. So Jesus says in this verse here, he says, these guys have come and they're like, wow, that sounds amazing. Like, you're going to give us bread that's never going to go rotten. Like, this bread's going to last forever. We won't ever have to go to Woolies again. Yay, I don't have to shop again. Like, I would think that would be amazing. I think most mums would think, no more trolleys that run over my foot. Like, you would just think, awesome, right? And they're like, super cool. Like, where can we get this stuff? Like, that would be awesome. What do we have to do to do it? What do we have to do to get it? And Jesus says, nothing. He says, that's my job. Just believe. Nothing. That's my job. Just believe. That's a really hard paradigm because we live in the achieve, receive world. Achieve, receive. But when it comes to Jesus, he says it like this. He says, Jesus achieves and we receive. It's the other way around. Because he says, I'll do the job for you. In fact, at this point he hadn't, but now he has. He's done it for us. As Christians, we believe in what's coming up, the Easter story where Jesus died and rose again, that he defeated death. He defeated what we call sin, which is all the rubbish, all the junk food that happens in the world, all the murders, all the horrible things, all the sickness, all the things that are happening. Jesus defeats them by dying and by rising again. He says, one day you too will rise again. One day, one day it will become a reality that this will be, this will be your reality. He's walked in front of us. He's gone before us and he says, I did it for you. It's already done. Just hang in there. Just wait. Hang in there. 
He said, between now and then, believe. And it's one of the hardest things for us to do is to believe and just let, God, and let us know that Jesus has already done it and we can receive it. You know, he doesn't want to leave us there, though. I, I really do want you to know that he wants us to believe. He wants us to receive, but he wants you to grow too. He wants you to keep growing in your journey. He doesn't want you just to go, yeah, I believe. Super cool, Jesus, and then just go off into the, into the streets. He wants you to keep, keep leaning into him because he's got so much more for you. So he says this thing to these guys who are like, whoa, that's really out of this world. Like, we don't have to do anything. We just have to believe. And from their premise and from their foundation and from their cultural context of the day and for those who were Jews that had come from that Jewish background, like this was so not their, their culture. It was like rules upon rules upon rules. It was, it was that kind of thought process. So this was really out there. But the conversation goes on. Sam, you flip it. There we go. So they asked him, what sign will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And it got brought up in the children's story, this story of manna going back years before God's people had been released out of bondage and gone into the wilderness and they were hungry and God provided them manna. But as we know, and that manna meant bread from heaven. It's a far out story. It happened for 80 years that bread fell from heaven every day except one day a week, the seventh day. It didn't fall. They would collect twice as much on the sixth day so they could rest on the seventh. But God provided for these people. But that provision was temporary. It lasted 80 years. And it was for those people in that time and space. But what Jesus is talking about here and what he's saying is, hey, what I have to give you, what I can offer you is not temporary, it's eternal. And it's not just for you, it's for everyone. These guys are looking for a sign saying, hey, back then there was this. And Jesus is still trying to convey to them this story. Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. I want to pick up on that word life. In the Bible, the word life, there's three Greek meaning, three Greek words that actually mean life. We have life, just the one word life. But the Bible and this part of the Bible was written in the language of Greek. And there are three, but just two of them we'll mention. One is bios. It actually means life, your life, human life. And guess what it actually got? It's the root word for biology. Yeah, the study of life, the study of, 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 of that kind of thing. But the other word is zoe or zoe, Z-O-E. You know, girls get that name. And it means life, but not just life it means eternal life it means the life you were born for in the sense of what jesus created us for to have life eternal that a life that is full and complete and in another part of 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 john he writes this verse and it says that jesus came to give you life and life to the full and that's what it's all about he wants to give you life 
hello, we're here, but not just any life, Zoe life, life to the full and life abundant. And so he says here in this verse, he says, hey guys, hey guys, you don't need a sign. He says, and he's getting up to the point, but he's saying, I want to give you full life, real life. And I think back here to the fairy floss, yeah, it looks amazing. It tastes sweet. It's very enticing. But we all know, if I just get a little bit of water, we know what's going to happen, don't we? Just all these things that we pursue, the possessions, the power, the prowess, it doesn't take much and it's not satisfying. It doesn't actually, it just melts away. It's temporary. It's, it's not actually going to go the distance. And the same with this fairy floss. It doesn't take much. We know it just dissolves in your mouth as it does in the water. You know, God says, I want to give you life. Zoe life, not fairy floss life, not something that's empty. And yeah, on the surface, it looks amazing. It tastes sweet at the first bite, but it's not going to last. You'll be back for more. You'll be back for real bread. There'll be something that will sit inside that will go, there's got to be something more. And that's what Jesus has to offer. They say that in Africa... If you want to be smart and catch a monkey, you get a coconut, you chop it in half, you scoop everything out, and you put a hole in the top of one of those halves, just large enough for the monkey's hand to get through. In the bottom half, you put an orange. Then you reseal up the coconut, and you hang it from a tree. And it says that those wanting to catch the monkey will just hover around and after a while the smell of the orange, a beautiful sweet orange, that aroma passes through the air and of course draws in the monkey. And as the monkey comes closer and sniffs out, he pops his hand in because he knows indeed that's where that sweet smell is coming from. And he goes in and yes, of course, there it is, the orange, and he grabs it and he goes to get it out but of course the hole is not big enough for a hand and the orange. And it says, in legend, maybe true, I haven't been to Africa for a long time, but many a monkey will stay holding that orange, will not let it go. The trapper will pull the rope and grab and he's caught his monkey because the monkey just can't let go of the orange because the orange he wants and he doesn't realize if he just lets go, he's free. And that's for us with all of those words, the possessions, the position, the power, the prowess, the appearance. Sometimes we've got our hand in and we just can't let them go. But indeed they've trapped us. But Jesus says, I want to give you life. I don't want you to be trapped. So he says the word, I am the bread of life. These guys are going, well, they're still actually thinking of something. These guys are still thinking of a thing, a stuff, one of those words. But Jesus here says it direct and straight. Uh, uh, uh. It's not something, it's someone, and I'm the one. 
You see, Jesus is the means to your life and he's the meaning of your life. And he says, I am, it's me. If you have a relationship with me, he says, you will not hunger or thirst. Now, that doesn't mean to say that a Christian journey is perfect, but it gives us an anchor. It'll give you an anchor. It'll give you a rock, the Bible says, to stand on because life is so much like shifting sand. Who knows? Last week, Sam was here laughing, happy. This week, he stands up with a critical medical issue. Life is shifting sand. But Jesus says, I'm a rock. I'm an anchor. He's not saying here that your life is never going to have problems because that's just far from the truth. But he's saying, I'm a rock. I'm an anchor. I'm a satisfier. I'm a bread that will fill you. You see, eating, eating is a two-part deal. Eating is intimate. I love you, bread. You eat it, you eat it. It goes into you and, and you ingest it. Like it's, it's full and consuming and it's active. Like I can, I can give you this bread and I can look at this bread here and go, oh, wow, it smells so good. I can look at it and go, look so good. I can throw a piece out there to you guys and say, wow, look at this bread. I can even just go, believe it looks so good, but I will never know until I eat it. It will do nothing for me until I eat it. And so Jesus wants us to explore him. He wants us to have intimacy and relationship. He wants us to be active and, and be, be out there finding ways to actually connect with him. The last part of this story, we'll finish. How time goes so fast, I'm sorry. <laughs> Just click that. I don't know why this one's not working. This is a bit of a, a paraphrase of the last bit, or a bit to left out. So if you want to see the full picture, go read it for yourself. But he says this. He says to these people in the end these words, and he's saying it to you and I today. And he's re-saying it. If you've never heard these words, then he's saying it to you today. I don't know where your heart is. I don't know what your journey's like. And maybe the God thing is so new to you, or maybe it's been around so long it's old for you. But Jesus, these... These are powerful words. He says, I want you to come to me. I want you to come. I want you to just, those words of that song, just, you know, I want you to rest in me. And he says, whoever comes, I won't drive away. I don't know if you've ever felt rejection. If you haven't, you probably will. But not from God. He says, I want you to come to me and I will never, never drive you away. He says, this is what I really want. I don't want to lose one of you. I don't want to lose one of you. All your sisters, all your brothers, all your children. I don't want to lose you. It says everyone. Everyone. He says everyone. I want you to have eternal life. Zoe. Life to the full. Not fairy floss life to the full so as we finish what's your picture of God just click me 
mom is. What does your picture of God look like? Just sit and ponder just for 30 seconds. Some of the thoughts that have been placed in your mind today, just think, what's another picture of God that you get from this film? How does this story add to your picture of God? And I want you to go away from here thinking, what's a step I could take? What is a step I could take to make Jesus my bread of life? Maybe that's a prayer thing. Maybe it's spending time with God in prayer. Maybe you've never prayed before. It's just a conversation to say, hey, God, I've never done this thing before, but I want to have a conversation with you. Maybe it's time in the Bible. When was the last time you opened up the Bible or read your app? You're coming here this morning, come back. Or go to your local church if you're not from this area. Maybe it's the connect group. What step will it be to go, you know what, I really don't want to do the Ferris Lost thing. And what's something you can take away this week that you can encourage somebody else with? You know, don't keep it to yourself. Perhaps there's somebody this week just needs a picture of God and it could come from you. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, we just pause and thank you, Lord, for bread. Uh, Across the whole world, it's a staple of life. And God, we're so grateful for the abundance that we have in this life. We have so much. But we also have so much stuff that actually distracts us as well. Things that we seek and we grab for God to try and satisfy ourselves or complete us or, or um, validate ourselves, Lord. And God, help us to just remember that these things fade away. And Lord, we just praise you that you are wanting to fill us and give us life. And that you do do that. And I ask God um, that for each of us here today, that we just draw in closer to you. See where you're going to take us, God. It's going to be amazing. Thank you, amen. Hey, good day. Sup, sup, sup. Cool, cool, cool. Hi, everyone. Why don't we just um, affirm Pastor Sharon with a round of applause? Mm. Um, yeah, I love that. What is your picture of God? For some of us, he may be, you know, loving, compassionate. For others, he may be restrictive and, you know, he may be like a rule maker. Um, so that's really something that we can all ponder on um, for the rest of the day and the rest of this week. Um, so that brings us to the end of our program today. Um, I hope you all had a good time. I know it was a bit different today, but um, we also have a lot of people at Pathfinder camps. Um, so if you guys could be part of that, make sure that everyone, you know, has a safe time. <laughs> Um, I had something, sorry, what did I have to say? Announcements, okay, (laughs) announcements. Don't forget that. Tuesday Connect Groups for Young Adults. Next week, we have um, our family games night. Family games night, Um, it starts at 6.30 on Friday or Saturday? Saturday, anyways, I'll get all the information. Come and see me at the Connect desk and we'll sort it all out. Cool, have a good day, have a safe day.